Welcome back to The World's Game, a World Cup podcast. The Men's World Cup is over, but now it's time for the women. I'm going to have Women's World Cup episodes all summer long, breaking down all the storylines and all the fun. My name is Peter Roman. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And let's dive right in. Welcome to The World's Game, a World Cup podcast. My name is Peter Roman. Thank you for listening in today. I know this episode its coming out a little later than I thought it would, but I will talk about match day one from groups E through H. And some of the match day two games have been played. Now, I haven't had a chance to watch all of them, but I will talk about those briefly and set things up for all of these groups going into either their second match day or potentially even their third match day because, of course, these things are important. So, for those of you that are tuning in for the first time, basically, I'd like to talk about every single game at the World Cup. With the group stage games, I try to keep it to a few minutes per game because otherwise these episodes get way too long, but it'll get longer and longer the further we go. So, once we get to the quarterfinals, the semifinals, the final, I will talk about those games in a large amount of detail versus the group stage is a little more surface level stuff but you know that's that's kind of the way it is right in a lot of these tournaments it gets more interesting the further you go along but anyway we'll get started with group e so group e we have the u.s versus vietnam and we had netherlands versus portugal in match day one i will start with usa versus vietnam usa won this game three to nothing Definitely not a surprising res- like not a surprising like result that the US won. Of course, I think we all figured that would happen. Definitely surprising scoreline. Definitely a su- surprising scoreline. I think Vietnam deserve a lot of credit for making sure that it wasn't worse than 3-0. And I mean their player of the match easily, easily their goalkeeper. Kim Tran was exceptional for the Vietnamese. She even saved a penalty kick from Alex Morgan in this game. And if it weren't for her efforts, I mean, this game could have been a lot worse. But she deserves so much credit for the way she played. And I think Vietnam, as a team, defended about as well as they could have, especially against this United States team. The U.S., though, did get the 3-0 win. Their big superstar in this game was Sophia Smith. She is making her World Cup debut. She is one of the most promising young superstars on the planet. She was one of the best players in the NWSL this past season. Sophia Smith scored twice in this game, and then the third goal was scored by Lindsey Horan off a brilliant touch from Alex Morgan. So, the U.S. took care of business as far as the results go, but again, a little surprising it wasn't a higher scoreline, and in a group like this where goal difference could matter with the Netherlands, which I'll talk about their game here in a bit, that could be significant. Could be significant. We'll see. The shots in this game were 28 to nothing. Vietnam never really threatened to score in this game, but the fact that it was a 3-0 scoreline, I think they should be very proud of that performance, especially against the world champions. Next, we have Netherlands and Portugal. In my opinion, a huge game in this group. Netherlands came out victors 1-0 over the Portuguese. The Netherlands got the early goal from Van de Graat. In my opinion, a little bit of a controversial goal. So... Basically, what happened was 
Rurd was kind of in the area, and like you could have argued, got it. It was kind of like an offside play, basically, where Van de Graat was the one who actually like put the effort on target and was the one who scored the goal. But another Dutch player in Rurd was actually in an offside position, and the argument was, did she get involved in the play or not? Because it doesn't matter if you touch the ball. It matters if you get involved in the play. That's kind of how the rule is worded. The referee, after looking at the video monitor, decided to rule in favor of the Dutch, and that ended up being the only goal in this game. So obviously, a little bit controversial in my opinion. I think you could have made an argument either way. I think it was a tough call for the referee just in general. But if you're asking me, gun to my head, I think I would have sided on offside personally. But that's that's just my opinion. I was a referee for five years. That is how I saw the play, but of course I don't hate the call either way because I think it's a difficult call. And this is why, you know, the offside rule has some interpretation left despite all the technology we have. So for Portugal, just not a lot generated in this game. It was always going to be difficult, though. The Netherlands, they're a really good team, even despite missing Viviani Minima. And so tough game for the Portuguese, but they only lost by a goal which keeps them alive for their final match day. And I'll talk about the, the second games here in just a second. The shots in this game were 12-2 for the Dutch as they took care of business, getting a big result in the opening game. So, Group E has actually completed match day two, and I've yet to watch the full Netherlands-USA game. I've been meaning to get around to it. I've watched the first half, but I've yet to watch the second half. Of course, for those of you that don't know, I live in Canada, so these games are going on like at weird times for me. Now, ne Netherlands USA was an exception, but I was like really busy that night, so I have to watch it after the fact. So anyway, I'm, catch I'm trying to catch up on watching all these games, but they tied. So Netherlands USA tied in their second game of the group, and Portugal beat Vietnam in the other game. So what does that mean going into match day three? Well, it means that Portugal has a chance to pull off one of the biggest upsets in Women's World Cup history because the Netherlands go into the final match day with four points. They're playing Vietnam. You would have to assume the Netherlands probably win that game. And that's no offense to the Vietnamese. It's just, you know, it's, it would be shocking if it wasn't a Netherlands victory. So you have to assume the Netherlands probably win that game. So what that means is you have the United States with four points and you have Portugal with three points after their win against Vietnam. So one of those teams is going to get knocked out and one of those teams is going to go through with the Dutch. Portugal, if they are able to beat the United States, will knock out the world champions and advance in their place. Do I think that's going to happen? No. But is it possible? Yes. And would it be an like a crazy, unprecedented upset? Yes, it would. So, if you're looking for a game to watch in match day three from group E, it's definitely USA-Portugal, just in my opinion. All right, so that's kind of the match day one recap. I haven't, I'll talk about the match day two games in another episode, like a little bit later once I catch up on watching these games. But I can't really, you know, talk about these games if I haven't really watched them to see what happens. So I'll, I'll withhold comment on those. But that's the situation going into match day three. 
All right, so we'll move on to the next group. We have Group F. So Group F has not played Match Day 2, at least not yet. Uh, I believe that's going tonight, my time, like here in Calgary. So yeah, you might listen to this episode, or maybe by the time you're listening to this, these games might have already been played. But as of the time of recording, they aren't. So we had Jamaica versus France in Match Day 1, and we had Brazil versus Panama. I will start with the probably the biggest shock of match day one, Jamaica versus France. This game ended in a nil-nil tie, or 0-0 zero, zero for the non-British people out there. So what happened in this game? Well, France were obviously heavily favored over the Jamaicans, but Jamaica defended really well in this game. And France's Diani, who I, you know, I shouted her out as the player to watch on this French team. She was definitely a player to watch. She was in the right position a lot. She created a lot of scoring chances, and she got a lot of opportunities to score. Unfortunately for France, she wasn't able to score any of them, and no one else really got any like chances anywhere near as good as she did. She all, The closest chance she had in this game was she ended up hitting the crossbar off a header kind of late, and, you know, that was one of many chances she had to score in this game. And again, you know, you can't ever put this all on one player, but she certainly, you know, got the vast majority of the best French scoring chances. And unfortunately, wasn't able to put any of them in. So the only other big story from this game was just Jamaica's best player, um, Khadija Shaw. She ended up getting sent off for two yellow cards. So what happened? was like the second yellow to me really stupid play really stupid play on the second yellow so basically she kind of almost goes in with a two-footed slide tackle it wasn't quite that but it was like a really reckless play and the way the rule book is worded is that a reckless challenge is a yellow card offense and so the referee gave a yellow card for the second challenge and she ended up getting sent off for that which in my opinion is 100% the fault of the player because number one, the referee I think made the correct call on the second yellow, but number two, if you're already on a yellow card, don't go in sliding like that, especially when your team needs you. Like just use your brain. So tough one for Jamaica, but they get Panama next. So going into the second game, you hope from a Jamaican perspective that you can beat Panama without your best player. You hope. We'll have to wait and see. But that's kind of their situation going in. For France, the draw, not great, but not deathly. At least so the French hope. Um, they have to play Brazil next. So that will be very fun and exciting to see. But of course, if that result doesn't go their way, France could be in the fight of their life going into the final match day. The other game in this group was Brazil versus Panama. I'm not going to spend too much time on this game because Brazil essentially wiped the floor with them. Uh, it wasn't very close. They won 4-0 the final score. The big story of this game, though, was, of course, Ari Borges, who scored a hat-trick in this game and one of very few Brazilians in men's or women's World Cup history to score a hat-trick at the World Cup finals. So huge congratulations to her. She also had an assist, which I think was almost more impressive. This goal... The assist goal for Borges 
This was just a brilliant team goal by Brazil and one that any Brazilian team of the past, women's or men's team, would have been proud of. I mean, man, it was so, it was so pretty. It was really the samba football that Brazil is known for. Just the passing, the intricate movement, and then of course you had a back heel laid off to a teammate to score the um, the third goal of the game. Brilliant, brilliant team goal from Brazil. They took care of business. The shots in this game were like 32 to six. I mean, that tells you a lot about how the game went for Panama. So Brazil, comfortable win. France, not so much. Jamaica, certainly trying to pull off an upset and see if they can maybe be the ones going into the round of 16 in France's place instead. So, like I said, going into the second match day, Brazil plays France. France definitely need that game a lot more than Brazil does. And then Jamaica plays Panama. Jamaica hoping they can beat Panama even despite missing Shaw. We'll have to wait and see. Should be fun. Group G is next. So Group G, at the time of recording, one of the match day two games has been played. And so I will talk about that ever so briefly. So in match day one, we had Italy versus Argentina and we had Sweden versus South Africa. We'll start with Italy and Argentina. Italy ended up winning this game thanks to a headed goal from Girelli, who came in, who came in off the bench. And it was kind of heartbreaking for Argentina because, in my opinion, it was... I, I know Italy dominated the shots. Like, they, they outshot Argentina 12-5. to But to me, this felt like a nil-nil game. This felt like a 0-0 game where Italy just were able to muster up a little bit of magic to get the win. But on the balance of play, I thought a draw was probably fair. But in the end, Italy get the win. Huge result for them. And for Argentina, tough one. Tough way to lose, especially in a game like that. However, from an Argentinian perspective, they only had one shot on target in this game. You're not going to win a lot of games that you only have one shot on target. That's got to be better from them moving forward, especially because, you know, they, they want to get out of this group. And that's not going to be easy with the other teams in it. The other game in this group, in Group G, was Sweden and South Africa. This game was crazy. And I am heartbroken and gutted for South Africa because they were so close to getting result against Sweden. But they, man, just a little... You know, sometimes the luck just doesn't go your way. And in my opinion, for South Africa, the luck just did not go their way in this game. So... South Africa actually took the lead in this game. They ended up with a shot being saved by the Swedish goalkeeper. And then it was Magia turning or putting in the rebound, I should say. Unfortunately, when she scored on the rebound, she basically kind of like took a huge hit because she kind of had to take a huge hit in order to get the shot off to score the rebound and ended up getting injured, which obviously sucks. So... Yeah, not great for South Africa. And then Sweden were able to get a tying goal because of an own goal. And those, speaking from experience, no matter what level you play at, whether you're a professional player or a semi-professional player or an amateur player, those suck. When the other team ties the game on an own goal, it sucks. It is gut-wrenching. So that was kind of the case for South Africa. And then in the 89th minute... It was Elstad with a header for Sweden, and that was the game-winning goal. Man, sucks. Sucks for South Africa. I was really rooting for them, but 
Sweden were able to escape with a result that they needed. South Africa, though, certainly won the hearts and minds of many in this game, including myself. And so, we have a lot going into our second match day. So, Sweden will play Italy. That game hasn't been played yet at the time of recording. Argentina has already played South Africa. That game ended 2-2. Two two. I have not watched that game yet. So, I know the result, but I haven't watched it yet. So, I'm, again, this is why I'm a little behind on watching these games. But... South Africa getting a tie with Argentina at least keeps them alive, but they definitely, if you're South Africa going into this Arge, uh, sorry, this Sweden-Italy game, you are hoping that Sweden are able to beat Italy because if Italy stays on three points, South Africa now has one point. So if South Africa beat Italy in the final game, that would put them ahead with four. And obviously Argentina would have to play Sweden, which would not be easy for them. For Argentina... Their best case scenario, probably a tie? Probably? Yeah, I think probably a tie. I think that's probably, like Argentina are kind of in tough to begin with, because again, they somehow have to get a result against Sweden. But I think a tie is probably the thing that helps them the most, just because that way, if it's a draw, and then if, you know, South Africa are able to win, and then if Argentina are able to win, that puts everyone on four points, which, you know, then it comes down to goal difference, and they might be able to get in on goal difference if they have a high-scoring game. You know, they had the high-scoring game against South Africa, 2-2. Two to two. If they have another high-scoring game against Sweden, that could work out in their favor. So we'll see. But um, certainly more difficult situation for Argentina. South Africa are alive, but they're definitely rooting for Sweden against Italy in the upcoming game. We'll have to wait and see. And then we have Group H. So Group H, at the time of recording, only two games have been played, which was match day one. So we had Germany versus Morocco, and we had Colombia versus South Korea. Germany-Morocco, I will be nice and quick. It was a blowout. It was not even close. Germany won 6-0 against Morocco. Alexandra Pop, easily the player of the match, in my opinion. She was dominant from start to finish. Germany took care of business. You know, they're really not a lot more needs to be said. Pop had two goals in this game. Schuler and Buhl also had goals for Germany, and then they had two own goals for Morocco. Morocco just completely didn't look like they never looked like they belonged on the field. And it's just, you know, the quality isn't there. This German team is really good, and this Moroccan team really isn't. Just unfortunate, but Good result for Germany. They're off and running and should be able to cruise to first place. The other game in this group was a lot more important for deciding who would go through with Germany. And it looks like it's going to be Colombia because Colombia won this game 2-0 over South Korea. Usme scored from the penalty spot for them. And then their, their little star, Caicedo, ended up scoring from long range. Although, it has to be said... That Yoon, the South African goalkeeper, yeah, she's gonna want she's gonna want that one back. That was a rough goalkeeping moment for her. For Colombia, as long as they're able to beat Morocco in match day three, they should go through. In match day two, they play Germany, which is gonna be a lot tougher, but you know, 
again, as long as they take care of business against Morocco, they'll be fine. For South Korea, they play Morocco in a game that they have to win. And you could say the same thing for Morocco, but the problem is just the goal difference. It is really hard to make it out of the group when you start with a minus six on your goal difference. Now, not impossible. I need to clarify, not impossible. But Morocco, realistically, in order to get out of the group, would need to beat both South Korea and Colombia. There's no... You can't really tie the game anymore because if they end up with a tie, then, you know, it's probably going to come down to goal difference and that's just not going to be in their favor anymore. So, Morocco, do or die game against South Korea. South Korea, kind of the same thing. Colombia, definitely in the driver's seat to, to advance alongside Germany. So, yeah, match day two, we have Germany, Colombia, and we also have Morocco, South Korea. And, of course, match day three, we'll have our final games, we'll have Colombia and Morocco and South Korea and Germany. So South Korea need to win just because obviously, you know, going to be kind of hard to be Germany, I think, in this tournament. That's for sure. So that is Group E through Group H in some of my live reactions to that. I apologize for not having the ability to talk about every single game. Again, I'm a little behind on watching some of these. And when I do, I will talk about them, even if it comes in a live reaction talking about match day three. I will still talk about these games, even if it's just a brief little, you know, couple of minutes or something like that. So thank you for listening to today's episode. I also have a little bit of a treat because today is going to be a double upload. That's right. I'm recording another episode right after this because groups A through D have completed match day two, and I'm going to talk about it. So be on the lookout for that episode dropping in probably just um, about an hour or so. Uh, hopefully not that long after this one, but it'll, it'll drop pretty quickly after this one. All right. So be on the lookout for that, and thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of the World's Game, a World Cup podcast. The music is from Pixabay. There will be new episodes throughout the Women's World Cup, so make sure you subscribe and don't miss a moment of the 2023 World Cup.